0: This episode of Manage Smarter is presented by TeamKeeper, sales fuels data-driven program for improving team culture, communication, and retention. Learn more about TeamKeeper at TeamKeeper.com. Welcome to the Manage Smarter podcast with hosts C. Lee Smith and Audrey Strong. We're glad you're here for discussions on new ways to manage smarter, hire, develop, and retain talent, improve results, and propel team performance to new heights. This is the Manage Smarter podcast.
1: Wellness and work-life balance and stress. Um, Those are three big things, right, Lee? Very Big. big. Welcome to the Manage Smarter podcast, everyone. Three big topics that we haven't really touched on, right?
0: Yeah, we, we had uh, episode 14, we had Joy Altamari uh, talk a little bit about the work-life uh, integration and things of that nature, but but a big topic of that is, is definitely stress. And, you know, Audrey, that's one of the reasons why I ride my bike so much long distances is because it's a great stress reliever, and I can yeah. just kind of leave the, the stress out on the road, and, and then when I go home you know, to the wife, the kids, and the dogs... Uh, you know, it's like, you know, they get a better me out of it. So I I think it's incredibly important.
1: Better you. And that is why we have a doctor in the house. Dr. Kathy Groover is at the table. Kathy. Hi. Thanks for coming.
2: Oh my gosh. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
1: Well, welcome everybody to the Manage Broader Podcast. I am Audrey Strong. I'm the director of communications for Sales Fuel.
0: And I'm C. Lee Smith, and I'm still the president and CEO of Sales Fuel.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. He's still here, everybody. <laughs> and Kathy is here. So let me tell you a little bit about Kathy. She is extraordinary. She has graced the stages on four continents, including TEDx. She's the author of it's seven books, right? Is that the count, Kathy? Seven, yeah. Um, Some of the titles and get them while they're hot, the alternative medicine cabinet, um, conquer your stress, workplace wellness, um, journey of healing. Uh, Get this everybody studied mind, body medicine at the Benson Henry Institute for mind, body medicine at um, Harvard, Harvard. Um, also been featured in a lot of national media, glamor, fitness, WebMD. And so we really thought that um, I think at the core of whatever your job is and as a C-sweeter or middle management or top management, stress we can all relate to. So Kathy, you are the wellness queen. Thank you for coming.
2: Oh, absolutely. It's such a huge topic right now, not only in corporations, but also just in people's lives. We're seeing such an increase in stress and whether it's social media or financial pressures, government pressures, you know, all this stuff is is really weighing down on everybody. So it's, it's a hot topic right now. I'm happy to share what I know.
0: Yeah, we used to be able to like, you know, watch late night TV before you fall asleep or whatever and have a laugh or something like that and watch some lighthearted banter about the, some movie star plugging their latest movie coming up or something like that. But even that, it's like it just gets you all wound up and gets you agitated and everything like that. Social media is the same way. The worst thing you can do is check Twitter before you go to bed. It's like, it seems like a lot of things that we used to get some enjoyment out of are just now causing stress in our lives.
2: Exactly. And that's why I think it's so important to unplug. And I see so many people who are absolutely trapped in their devices. And it's convenient. I mean, you know, I can do email uh, sitting in line at the grocery store, but that also allows us a constant distraction it doesn't give us that opportunity to pause to actually be introspective to turn to the person next to us and have a conversation we're so apt to jump on that device and be like what's on facebook oh a cat video you know we we can be we can be anywhere other than here and here is the key this present moment is the key and we're finding ways to be anywhere else other than here
1: so you tell people to change their mindset regarding high levels of stress what do you mean by that
2: Well, we have to understand that stress isn't the problem because we can't control the stress. That stress is going to go on outside of ourselves regardless of what we try to do. Uh, So much of it is in our own minds. So all we can do is reframe those stressors. We can change our mind and make a decision to respond to these things rather than react. And again, it goes back to that presence which is you know, the stress is behind us and things we're remembering and dwelling on and in front of us and things that we're worried about. So staying present really gives us that opportunity to uh, let that stress be someplace else and really control our response to it.
0: How can you tell when you're under stress or better, a better question might be, how can you determine earlier when you are uh, experiencing stress?
2: Oh, there's so many warning signs. Everything from, you know, gum chewing, sleeplessness, having muscle tension, shoulders up around your ears, which I see all the time. I still have a massage practice. So I see people walking in all the time with their shoulders up around their ears, uh, snapping at the dog, yelling in traffic, road rage, uh, the that inability to take responsibility for things when we do them wrong. Uh, that's one of those things that, you know, it's not our fault, ladies, that we left the bag of groceries too close to the edge. It's our husband's fault for knocking them down. Everything's uh,
0: it's our
2: fault. <laughs> oh well, yeah. I mean, true, but I mean, in this case, uh, no. You guys are amazing. Uh, but you know, it's it's things like that. It's those things which we now look at as normal, and our body has this amazing ability to seek out homeostasis. So those things that after a while sort of just become our real life. Well, no, those are an indicator that there's a problem, and we get used to them. Our body adapts to them, and we forget that they're actually telling us something. So I think it's really important to pay attention to those things, not only. In yourself, but also in your family, your coworkers, your children, noticing those personality changes—whether it's more anger, boredom, uh, sleeping longer, sleeping less—you know, there's so many. They just go on and on.
1: So, what do you do? I mean, let's say you are a sweeter or you're in a very nice cushy management job. And you, 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 they're going to say, Kathy, I'm, I can't quit. You know, what do you want me to do? I mean, so what What are some of the things that people can do? And then I want to talk a little bit about it trickling out to your teams and your direct yeah. reports and stuff.
2: A- absolutely. That's a great question. Because when we're faced with something that we don't like, we only have three options. Uh, leave the situation, which you're right, we can't just all go quit. Uh, change the situation, which is difficult, because again, that's typically something outside of ourselves. Or change ourselves that's the easiest one now well, not the easiest but that's the one we typically can do because we're in charge of that so everything from breath work doing meditation doing mindfulness practices and for everybody listening who went meditation i don't have time for that i don't know how to do that that's too hard i'm too type a welcome to my world this is me <laughs> i had horrible times meditating I'm a dancer. Don't tell me to sit still and clear my brain. It doesn't work. I thought I'd lose my edge. I thought it would be too hard to do. I thought it was stupid. I thought it was pointless. All these things. Um, and I had all these huge misconceptions about meditation, but I found ways to do it that make us more productive, that allow better communication, better leadership, it stops that stress response, that fight or flight response that is so detrimental to us functioning in this day and age, and it allows us to up our game and be more present, it lets us pause, so that we can respond rather than react, and the key to this really is responding. We want first responders. We don't want first reactors. You know, no one's ever accused you of over responding. It's all you're really overreacting. So that's the key: is just shifting that mindset to positivity and growth as opposed to dwelling in that negative space.
0: So, give us an example of a meditation exercise that everybody could do at their desk. Maybe close the door, you know, a couple times during the day or whatever. Just have you know, take a moment. How, what what does that look like and sound like?
2: Yeah, absolutely. It is so simple. So, in fact, I'll have you guys do it right now. Close okay. your eyes if you cl- close okay. your eyes if you want to. Um, I'm driving. Everybody, I just say Don't close your eyes. <laughs> you're driving. That's, that's He's a whole not, not other, driving. I'm not whole driving. N- whole another set of problems. Don't close yeah. your eyes. If you're driving. But everybody listening, if you can, if you're in a space to do so, close your eyes.
0: Unless you're driving.
2: <laughs> Unless you're driving. And then just concentrate on your breath. Just noticing that rise and fall of the chest. And you're not trying to slow it down you're not trying to speed it up you're just watching what that breathing's doing and then on your inhale think i am and on all of your inhales think i am and on your next exhale think at peace Hmm. and on all of your exhales think at peace so inhale i am Exhale at peace, and if other thoughts intrude, which they're going to, because that's what our brains do, it's okay. Just dismiss it without judgment. Just acknowledge that you're thinking. Don't beat yourself up. You're not failing. You're not doing it wrong, but just bring yourself back to that breath in the inhale I am and the exhale at peace, and it's that simple. And I do this before I get on the radio, before I write, before I go into client meetings, before I sit down to do speaking proposals, before I go in to speak, because it stops that fight or flight response. And with that fight or flight response, we, our memory and our cognitive function goes down, our communication goes down, that ability to pause and do that response rather than reaction. The fight or flight response was great when we were running from wild animals, not so great when our stressors are the boss saying, I want to see you Monday morning, and that ruins our weekend because we bring him home with us. He's not at home thinking about us. That's, in our case, that, that's our doing at that point, carrying that with us. So that helps us stay present. And it's that simple. Inhale am. exhale at peace. I've taught millions of people to do this. You can do it anywhere, anytime. Anybody can do it. And it's so effective.
0: I would have to think one of the most stressful situations has got to be when you're in the military and you've got a drill sergeant in your face yelling at you or you're, you're having bullets whizzing by your head or something like that. And I read that you have done Uh, Stress reduction programs for the military. What does that look like?
2: Mm -hmm. Well, what we did is we made a really comprehensive program So those were tools like the mini meditation that as you do it more and more it builds on itself So it becomes easier to do easier to get back in that state at that point It's a remembering Um, and then we also taught really simple things like breath work and Reframing your thinking so affirmations visualization and then mindfulness practice So it was things that could be done in the moment if you are heading into battle but also things that you could practice over time to get into that state and make it a little easier to get to that because really the people who do seated formal meditation and if any of those are listening they're, they heard my mini meditation went that's not really meditation if all you have time to do is two minutes of I am at peace it's better than nothing mm. um, and really the whole meditation thing it's not what happens on the pillow it's what you take off the pillow it's how you then respond to people after that it's like people who you know they go to church on sunday and then they leave and they're abusive and nasty and horrible Mm -hmm. and rude and it's like you have to carry that with you whether it's spirituality or meditation or you know exercise that the point is to make that part of you that carries you through your communication your leadership your interactions the rest of the day
1: I'm so relaxed right now. I don't even want to ask another question. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, that was good. Um, so I, I'm doing this in my office and let's say I have 10 people reporting to me and maybe I don't feel particularly responsible for the, their stress levels. A lot of company cultures are like, look, it's, it's, Doggy dog, um, what is that? What have I said, Lee? You would step over your dead grandmother to get ahead kind of culture. Uh Um, Not here. No, not not here. But so how do you deal with a culture that doesn't um, make, uh, have concerns about this among all employees? And what is your responsibility as a manager about stress in your people?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think all of this trickles down from the top. And I've been to so many corporations where they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, That's up to them. Uh, They put it on their staff to self-report, to self-regulate, to, and sometimes that's really hard to do. And I have noticed more and more corporations and organizations who, before they have their sales meeting, before they have their team meeting, they take a minute of centering time um, just as a way to get everybody back and present. It can be as simple as that because everybody's rushing around. Everybody has so much to do. So if you can give everybody that, just that little touchstone, it's like when we were playing tag and you had to get back to base and that's where you gather yourself and that's where you rest for a second and that's where you plan your next thing of, oh, if I run behind that tree, he's not gonna be able to get me that's in that moment and it's as simple as using that analogy with the the, going back to base that's what it is it's that control alt delete where we can reset ourselves for just a second be there present with the people we're communicating with and get everyone on the same page and that has to come from the top down if you have crazy crazy managers who are running around and they're not communicating well that's going to trickle down to everybody else and so if the managers can set aside that and I don't know if it's ego or um, I, I don't know what it is. I think certainly in some cases it is ego. It's not my problem. The leadership has to recognize the intricacy and the, the web and the connectedness of everybody in your company, whether it's the receptionist to the guy that packs up the product to the janitor to the everybody has to be on the same page and in that same headspace. And I think it's so important to, to let that weave out, to let that flow out to everybody in the company.
0: So, at the top of the show, I mentioned exercise, and you mentioned that meditation. What are some of the other uh, methods that you would recommend for uh, busy executives dealing with stress?
2: Yeah, absolutely. One of the most simple is just the breath work. Uh, breathing is the basis of any meditation program, any mindfulness program, any martial arts, because it anchors us back in the body. And if we have no other time, if we're heading into that crazy meeting and you know it's going to be insane and you're stressed about it to literally stop and go and take that deep breath when our grandparents and teachers used to say, you know, stop, take a deep breath and count to 10 yeah that's a thing that actually works because it signifies to our brain okay we're in a relaxed space we don't have to go into that fight or flight it's something that's completely in our control it brings us back in our body back to the present moment and again, it gives us that pause. So that breath work can make all the difference. Uh, the other thing is, you know, if you're in an office space, there's probably a kitchen, there's maybe a fax room if people still do that. There's a place where you're printing things and copying things. You can put affirmations around. And I'm not talking about the, the you know, the weird poster with the cat hanging in You can yes. do it, she sweetie. Or
0: the, the demotivational <laughs> poster.
2: The demotivational poster with the, you know, the jet fighters and the whatever it is. But, but, we do, we think about 60,000 thoughts a day, and it's estimated about 50,000 of those are negative. That's, wow. That's crazy, wow. and we, want, you know, we wonder why we're not achieving the things we want to, and so much of our stress really is self-imposed. I mean, negative things happen, there's things outside of ourselves we can't control, but again, what we can't control is our thinking. So if we're heading into that meeting, it's like, oh, it's gonna go bad, and he's probably gonna yell at me, and I didn't do my TPC reports, and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> How's that meeting gonna go? You know, whereas if you can change your thinking and change your attitude, and whether that's you visualizing the meeting going so well, or those affirmations of this meeting's gonna go great, I am productive, I have plenty of time, I'm surrounded by supportive coworkers, all of these things change us as we go into that situation. And when we change our attitude and our outlook, the people around us respond differently. They can't respond to the same old thing if you are now a different person. And it's those subtle differences can make a huge change in your culture.
0: So let's say I've got the boss, my boss. You know, I, I have upper management bearing down on me you know, because my team hasn't done what they expected them to do. I mean, how do I, you know, keep from absorbing that stress that's being thrust upon me so that I don't then pass it on then to my folks?
2: Mhm. It goes back to being here, present, because that conversation you had with your boss was in the past. So you can keep carrying that on with you, or you can worry about the future, or you can stay in that present moment. Now you can certainly refer to the past. Hey, I just had this conversation with John. He was really upset about blah and blah and blah. But it also comes back to the simple thing of that pause. If you're hanging on to that past exchange, if you're feeling bad about it, if you're carrying all that yuckiness with you and then you go into your team and start yelling at them you're just passing on that negativity so again it's that take that breath think about how can I communicate what I need with them without reacting to what's happening because that's contagious we're so good at sharing all that negativity uh, as opposed to saying hey you know we just got this this criticism from higher up this is what we need to work on this was their point you could translate that for them in a way that that they can hear it better because we've all been yelled at about something. How apt are we to change when we've just been chastised like a kid for doing something you know we don't res- we don't respond well that way so it's taking that pause, translating what you need to and then passing it on in a way that's going to be productive for everybody as opposed to just yelling and screaming That's a reaction
1: then you're not a worry wart and you've done something about it and then you've let it go and then move on from there. I'm a really bad worry wart so I, I'm totally getting what you're. saying um but another passion of yours is related to massage and massage therapy which is another thing that you recommend for people um as a therapeutic way to get rid of stress um but it's also related to um the underground sex trade and since podcasts are international we would love for you to talk a little bit about massage and recommendations for that and then your work in that regard
2: Yeah, absolutely. It was something that had been, it was really bothering me for years. I'm in Santa Barbara, California, and I was constantly seeing all these, quote, massage parlors popping up. And it was really bothering me because I knew what was really going on in there. And I take what I do very seriously. I, I hold every aspect of my professional career in such high esteem. And it was degrading the industry, not to mention degrading the women. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I knew it was dangerous. It's bad for the families in the communities, uh, not to get too graphic, but they don't use condoms or any sort of protection in these places. They use saran wrap when mm-hmm. they're performing these acts. Not real safe. Uh, so if you've got, and the, typically the most men that visit these places are married or in relationships. So I just started to think, you know, from a public health perspective, And from a perception perspective and to mix the sex and the massage thing always really bothered me because that's not what we do. Uh, I wanted to take action on that. So I have clients who are police officers and I was constantly saying, look, I can point you out. I can point them out. They're on these websites. Like there are websites that you can find these places. Can't we shut them down? And one of them responded to me and said, well, we're just about to start working with the federal uh, authorities and how would you like to help? And ended up getting connected with them and actually went undercover into these places to report what they were doing, to tell them where the cameras were, to tell them how many women I found there, to see if there was evidence that they were living there, clothing, food, bedding, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I got to report back, and I did a lot of really good work for them for about three years. And unfortunately, not a lot of them got shut down. Uh, It really, it was very frustrating to me, because then I got this inside look of what these women are dealing with on a daily basis. And it became very sad to me. So if you're, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead, Gabby. Well, I say, so if you're looking for legitimate healing, you just have to, one, use your head. And if it, they're open at 11 o'clock at night, and it says discreet new girls you don't want to go there for a deep tissue massage. That's you mm-hmm. leave that to other people. Um, you know, not, not to comment on what people do in their private life, but if you truly want healing in a therapeutic massage setting, you want to seek a practitioner that is best at what they do. Just like you take pride in the companies that you run and the organizations that you're a part of go to people who know what they're doing, who are qualified, who can actually give you a therapeutic massage with consistency of care, uh, That's one of the other problems with going to some of these like um, shopping center massage places is you don't often get consistency of care and I've done expert witness work for years and I've worked on a lot of cases where massage therapists have injured people, either due to negligence or over enthusiasm or I can stretch that arm over there and suddenly Mm -hmm. you've ripped your shoulder out of joint, you can get hurt having massage done by someone that doesn't know what they're doing. And that's the last thing I want to see is you saying, I'm going to get into self-care and then it backfiring on you in that way. So what's
1: the certification you should look for? What are some of the things
2: you know, it varies by state. Uh, oh, right. I, think, I think at this point, every state, ha- well, but of course, the sex massage parlors have their licenses. So, um, you know, they found a way around that system. So look for referrals. Ask people, you know, if you have other health practitioners, like a chiropractor or an acupuncturist, they can refer you to good people. Ask about their training. Hey, how long have you been doing this? You know, and if you're going to one of these massage places where you get, you know, they have 30 different therapists ask them about your consistency of care. There tends to be huge turnover in those places. So, you finally find the portion you like and then 2 weeks later they're gone. So, it's it's just about like picking any other health practitioner, you wouldn't just randomly pick a doctor out of the phone book. You know, you would look into what they do and you'd pick someone who does what you need them to. So, that's what I recommend. Just just be smart about it.
0: My senior vice president has been very active in fighting human trafficking for years and I have to say that uh, through the knowledge I picked up from her, my attitude toward that whole uh, trade basically has, has changed dramatically. And it's one of those things where uh, I think that if you go to one of those uh, sex massage places, you know, in the shopping center and everything like that, you have to have the realization that the women working there aren't necessarily working there because they want to work there. You know, but they're not doing it by choice. Sometimes they're they're forced into working there. And you have to ask yourself, do I really want to spend my hard-earned money Supporting that number one, number two is like I think from a career standpoint, you also have to think, okay, if I am caught, you know, frequenting <laughs> a place like this, what what does that do to my career once it's learned that I've been frequent, frequenting a place like this and supporting this kind of uh, uh, nefarious industry with my money?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And that's a really good point. And we've had a couple busts and sting operations set up here in town. And there have been some very well-known people in the community whose lives have been ruined. They've lost relationships, families have broken apart. You never know if you're showing up to that place and they're busting that day. And one of the things they're realizing is, you know, if you cut off the, it's a supply and demand thing. If you cut off the demand, well, the supply is going to go away. So if you start punishing the johns, if you start really you know calling out and publicly shaming the people who are going there and that's really the trend that's what they're leaning towards is that sort of thing so just a warning and
1: and i'll caution you having done television news reporting for 15 years Mm -hmm. uh we will get the heads up and we will be there with the cameras because the police like to make a big example out of this and they give us uh a heads up so you you will be i mean you can expect that the media will probably be tipped off and be there so
2: yeah or if nothing else you're walking away with a vicious disease so i mean if that oh doesn't deter God. you <laughs> well.
0: so okay but let's talk yeah. about that Not real my last question you will be what other forms of alternative medicine then can also be used to treat mm-hmm. stress
2: yeah, you know, uh, the meditation is great. We talked about that. Massage is fabulous. Uh, looking from a structural perspective, oftentimes there's this this stress pain cycle. So we've had our shoulders up around our ears. We're not sleeping as well. Maybe we're doing a lot of traveling. We're on a lot of planes in strange beds because we're in different hotels. Mm. Chiropractic is one of my favorites. It really is. And I've heard people say, oh, chiropractors are quacks. Okay, not everybody is everything. So find a practitioner you like. Uh, If they tell you to come back three times a week for the rest of your life, question that and ask, well, am I actually getting better from this? The chiropractors that I refer to are so ethical. If they tell you to come back, it's because you need to come back, not because they have another boat payment to make. So ask questions, do your research, and you know it comes down again to using your head. And I'm also a huge fan of acupuncture. Uh, if you find the right practitioner and for the right thing, acupuncture can be amazing. And I'm also a hypnotherapist, and hypnosis is phenomenal for stress reduction, phobias, sleeping, Travel anxiety, I mean, I've gotten people on planes who are terrified. I've gotten people to do motivational speaking when they're terrified. Uh, it's not just because I do co- speaking coaching as well, but it's that's just half of it. If you've got a deathly fear of getting on stage, hypnosis is great for things like that, and it's there's so many misconceptions around hypnosis. We could do a whole show on why people watch movies and think it's scary to be hypnotized, but uh, it's a great modality. And again, find a good practitioner that you believe in, ask questions, and uh, if you don't like them, try someone else.
1: That sounds great. My dad actually quit smoking um, from hypnosis, and he had cancer from it, and that was the end of that, and it was very helpful. So I am all for that. Cable Groover is your Twitter. KathyGroover.com is the website. How other ways um, are you most comfortable with people reaching out to you?
2: Yeah, you know, the website's the best way. I'm on Twitter, I'm on Facebook, I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on Instagram. I'm sure as we move through the future, there'll be 400 other ways, Uh, but those are the main ones. I've got tons of videos on YouTube, uh, not only speaking videos, but also I am a flying trapeze artist, so there's a bunch of trapeze videos on (laughs) on there as well, and yeah, I'm all over the the internet, so just come find me. I love communicating with people and and helping people solve problems.
0: And soon to be a fellow member of the C-Suite Network.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Thank you, Kathy, for coming. I think this is a big eye-opener for everyone. And wellness is something that everybody needs to always think about.
2: Absolutely. It's part of our world, and we can't be as productive or successful if we're stressed and unhealthy. So, yeah, we gotta got to bring it in.
0: Absolutely.
1: Thanks again.
2: Thanks, guys.
0: Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on iTunes, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more great information at salesfuel.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.